my point is that my whole problem with the whole uh, argument about buying a house early is that nobody talks about retirement they say once you uh, choose the property once you get the home loan and once you start servicing it your next job is to prepay it and that's it and all your dreams are done no it's not yet done you are you, you have still not addressed that big elephant in the room which is retirement you have to address it you may not be able to invest whatever is needed for retirement for the next 4 years 5 years 6 years but you should still put it on a piece of paper a spreadsheet and say this is my shortfall and i'm going to try and make up for that shortfall in future only when you have some kind of a plan you can proceed this is that off spin original you've all been waiting for it's time for let's get rich with patu Welcome back to week 6 of Let's Get Rich with Pattu and this is a an episode that we recorded as part 2 just last week but the energy continues on this topic right Pattu opening question as a continuation of last week's episode is what is the true cost of buying a home and this is a question that you've asked me to ask and I want to know why Yeah so uh, this is something that most people don't consider when they uh, buy a house they uh, they say that look i've always wanted to buy a house i've got the home loan uh, i'm i'm servicing it or i'm about to close it i've closed it and that's it uh, i have achieved my dream but most people don't appreciate that there is another side to this coin so uh, in the previous episode you had said that uh, buying is about math versus emotion and i had said it's emotion versus emotion so uh, let me try to explain that here so uh, on one side is the emotion of actually buying the house and on the other side is the emotion associated with being financially independent at the time of retirement and i'm talking about any kind of retirement normal retirement early retirement any time at the time when your income active income stops or more or less uh, most of it is not not there so um, it's very easy for people to become emotional about real estate purchases but very very few people are emotional about retiring Uh, with financial independence such an interesting thought let me try and unpack that by that you mean people should be more focused and care about retirement than they are today uh yes that's true but um and in the present context i would say you don't need to uh, um assume that retirement is more important than planning for retirement is more important than buying a house that's not what i'm trying to say I- i'm saying at least bring that into the discussion put right. it on the table and say yes it's important to buy a house yes it's important to you know get that home loan as soon as possible so that i can manage uh, later on with investing that's fine but i must also understand that during those years when i am accumulating the down payment with cash during those years when i'm servicing the home loan i will not be able to invest enough for retirement most people will not be able to invest enough for retirement and True. if they have children uh in the picture then they will have to squeak in some amount of investment for their future as well so the so retirement is the one which will get affected because let me slip in a quick question here sorry to break your train of thought right in an earlier episode we said 
typically this amount for retirement should be 30 times your yearly earnings right in that calculation did we cater for real estate or not at all not at all so cool okay right so this is a complete googly so, okay now the thing is that now let's assume that you uh, you don't have a house uh, yeah. you're renting or you have a house whatever it is let's remove the renting or real estate out of the picture and let's just do a simple retirement calculation uh, a ballpark calculation tells you that if your monthly expenses are let's say 40000 and these are the monthly expenses that you are, that is going to uh, persist into retirement so right. I'm, i'm excluding any expenses for children i'm excluding any expenses for you you do for your parents uh, or uh, EM, uh, any kind of loans etc all of them is not there let's say 40000 and that's a low low number so in in big cities 40000 is a low number uh if you do a calculation for that lifestyle for that 40000 lifestyle only that lifestyle i i'm not taking into account any enhancement in lifestyle between now and retirement for that 40000 lifestyle you will have to invest anywhere between 30 to 40000 another 30 to 40000 per month yes yikes so you get it now you uh, so you you will have to slip in the emi now the rent in you add that so it, it it gets loaded so that's why i said 30% 30% is ideal 30% emi 30% expenses 30% investing of your take home okay that would be the well balanced uh, you know spending diet or whatever you want to call it okay anything above that if the emi is too much then obviously you're going to uh, what's going to get affected is your retirement because Uh, it's very easy for people to get emotional about uh, you know uh, spending for their children yes but most people and i have i know only a handful of people who are very emotional about retiring happily retiring well financially well and again let me stress it's not fire it is not early retirement i'm just talking about normal retirement Where, 55 today normal retirement age is 55 What do you mean Patu by that about getting emotional about regular re- retirement uh, can you say it in another way So I mean look around uh, look at us look at our parents look at the parents of our friends uh, other uh, relatives etc look are they really financially independent So for example if they suddenly need a scan uh, that costs 10000 rupees can they do it without batting an eyelid or uh do they have to ask their uh kids for the money or will they say no no it's too much i'll just live without the scan it's okay my time is over so you you get a spectrum of these responses yes. very few people can handle unexpected sudden expenses after retirement from their own pocket there's another type of person in that category as well who can definitely afford it but they don't want to spend on themselves and i <laughs> and it's a, it's a very close issue at home right no and i'm not, i'm not talking about frugality frugality yeah. is a different matter it's like saying i can take a holiday uh, uh, to australia but, but i just two sides of the same coin in a way right i mean i guess what you're trying to say is but when you say be emotional about good retirement it's what you're trying to say is treat retirement in the right way right where you're ready for retirement and you're and you're able to spend not only are you able to spend and you have the money but you're also treating yourself as you should at retirement 
correct uh, at the see the uh, the primary goal of retirement planning is to maintain your current lifestyle yes i'm not saying if your current lifestyle is that you are not uh, you are a frugal guy then you got to be frugal after retirement as well but yes. there could be uh, you know unexpected expenses you your car can break down your computer can break down your mobile can break down so you have to get a new mobile and if if your mobile was, was already costing a lakh you you can't say i, I can't uh, you know i'm i'm going to get myself a feature phone now and uh, be happy with it that's that's not being you know you're going to lose out on so i'm saying right. that's what i'm trying to be uh, when i say i am i am emotional about the fact that when i retire no aspect of my life should diminish and if something happens i should be able to suddenly you know uh, uh, if something happens suddenly i should be able to uh, meet that expense if i want to travel somewhere i should be able to go if i go first class now i should be able to fly first class then and that's what i'm talking about being emotional i'm saying be emotional about retirement as well right so these are two or three things so maybe three emotions be emotional about the house that you want to buy or live in be emotional about your children future of your children be emotional about your retirement there's no math here only emotions and it's, be emotional about living in the moment and enjoying that as well yeah yeah but so somewhere you have to squeak that in as well <laughs> it's hard that it's balance is hard, hard for us yeah it's yeah. very hard it is hard but my point is uh, the the problem is many of us assume that that balance will occur at, at one point in time it will take years to find that balance to be to find some kind of contentment with okay this is it i'm going to manage it it takes time it's not going to happen in one moment and coming back to uh, somin's question is there anything else you wanted to add about the true cost of of buying a home i i think i kept interrupting you on that topic no the the, the true cost of buying a house is for most people they will not be able to invest enough for retirement so what do you do then exactly uh, so in the case of somin he may have to uh, assuming that he is still employable and he gets a handsome salary and his uh, salary keeps increasing he may have to postpone his fire plans by a few years it's hard to say by how many years now because these are projections and things can change suddenly the stock market can give you bumper returns or yes. suddenly he can shift from company a to company b where the salary hike is 50% so then things become a lot more comfortable so these things uh, you know are variable but at least you must tell yourself okay a few years maybe 5 years ballpark that's the that's in case of someone but in general for most people they will have to tell themselves okay the true cost of buying a house as soon as possible because i want it badly is that i am not going to be able to invest enough for my long term goals primarily retirement so what am i going to do about it i'm not saying don't buy house i'm saying mm. bring retirement on into the table and say i'm going to be emotional okay i have now made the plans to address my first emotion about the house i now want to be emotional about retirement what am i going to be uh, do about it am i going to increase my income or am i going to uh, say that uh, i'm going to reduce my lifestyle a little bit so that i can increase a little bit more of investment what am i going to do am i going to ask my spouse to increase her income maybe go to work whatever so these are you know uh, personal uh, circumstances but that has to be done my point is that my whole problem with the whole uh, argument about buying a house early is that nobody talks about retirement they say once you uh, choose the property once you get the home loan 
and once you start servicing it your next job is to prepay it and that's it and all your dreams are done no it's not yet done you have you, you still not addressed that big elephant in the room which is retirement you have to address it you may not be able to invest whatever is needed for retirement for the next 4 years 5 years 6 years but you should still put it on a piece of paper a spreadsheet and say this is my shortfall and i'm going to try and make up for that shortfall in future only when you have some kind of a plan you can proceed the message is very loud and clear and i and i get it now um when you're looking at all the calculations of buying a home when you're looking at the property if you're looking at the emi you're looking at the down payment it's not a complete picture until you also look at the retirement corpus and how that is getting affected and only then can you get a holistic view i think that is the entire point of this discussion and somen i hope we've given you enough matter to think about i have a feeling you've already thought about this you already have kind of the calculations yes vis a vis retirement and and going for this additional home And that's what i like most about that question most people don't ask the question like that yes. they would have just gone on and buy, uh, bought the uh, house but there is this other issue once you bring in the other issue you it stops you a little bit and uh, so I, i appreciate someone for uh, you know thinking rationally about and it. i have a feeling he'll he'll feel the answer himself now that he Correct. has all absolutely. the data absolutely uh, follow your sixth sense i guess after all this uh, no, math has been calculated that's how personal finance works the answers are not outside you have to look within uh i keep telling people uh, shut yourself out no distractions like we said in the first episode probably talk about what is it that you want to do and how am i going to address it once you talk about all the pros and cons of what you want i think the solution will present itself like you said now treating real estate as a home versus treating real estate as an investment a hugely different topic right how would you start to answer that is real estate has real estate been a good investment forget it being a home in the last say 20 years and will it continue to be in the next 20 years and then some follow up questions after that part too so um has real estate been a good investment that is in the past tense is it is an i really can't answer that because there's no data so i would say like they usually say it depends right for some people it has worked out very well for some people it is not i know many cases i have a um, real estate return calculator where you you know put in all the numbers the expenses etc etc for some people the returns have been very good double digits 15% 20% whatever for some people it has been less than uh 10% 7 8% so it, it depends on the location it depends on uh the kind of forces that have been in play when they try to uh, you know sell the house or buy the property or whatever it is so it it i i really don't know and most of the evidence that we have today in social media that real estate is allegedly a good investment is anecdotal it's somebody exactly, saying yeah. i have done this i so i had a property 20 years ago i sold it today and it has grown 15x 20x all of that is anecdotal that's not something that you're going to uh, that's not going to be your experience so uh and also if you look at the rental yields uh that is the uh, total rental income per year divided by the property cost that's like 2 to 3 minuscule minuscule yeah. i mean you're not going to get anything you can just take that amount and put it in a bank and you will get just that much without maintenance issues and everything so and in terms of rental income yeah it's it's really a bad idea to uh, buy real estate and also it's a it's a hassle 
uh, you have to maintain the property. Absolutely. Yeah. And somebody, you know, there can be litigation. If, if you have tenants, uh, the tenants have strong rights. The, unless you have done the, uh, you know, paperwork, everything legally in place, getting a tenant out can be a problem. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no other way apart from the 11th one leave and license. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. So, uh, so it's, it's a issue. So I would say, yes, be emotional about that one house that you want to live in and forget about any other real estate purchase. Don't buy it. Great. Just to throw more weight behind what Pattu is saying is, for example, if you own a 1CR home, in Bombay, you can rent it out for say 30,000, right? But if you invest that 1CR, you 30 grand multiplied by 12 months is 3,60,000. But that 1CR is going to get you much more than 3,60,000 per year, even in a simple fixed deposit, right? Yeah, it depends on a lot of things. But yes, generally, in terms of if you take into account the hassle of uh, maintaining their property, etc. Yeah, it's it's a better investment. Uh, Which leads me to the very next question, Patu, about this new... Well, it's not that new, but it's becoming a thing, which is REITs or real estate investment opportunities what do you have to say about that is this something you've looked into what is the past few years saying about these REITs is it some it is pretty much a mutual fund that you can invest even thousand rupees per month in right yeah uh, so it's 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 basically a crowdsourced uh, kind of real estate investment uh, the thing is we don't really have enough data to understand the risks uh, that's one they are not as transparent as a normal equity or a uh, a debt mutual fund is and the biggest downside is that they have to distribute if i'm not wrong 90% of their income that they get as dividends uh, different forms of interest payment etc to the unit holders so it doesn't grow unlike in a um, equity mutual fund if you choose the growth option the company decides whether it's giving a dividend or not yeah no if you choose the growth option no uh, yeah. no dividends are given Achha, so, mutual funds is what you're talking about yeah talking i was talking about, about so stocks. in in the case of rights yeah stocks are different you have yeah. no choice about the dividend in the case of rights or invits 90% of it has to be distributed so uh, then you have to pay tax on that so if you actually look at it as an investment for a long term it is it is not really a growth investment it's more of an income investment very interesting nobody's ever put it to me that way so and has there been a track record of these uh, only returns a couple, only, only a few years only right. a few years and so it's it's very little uh, in terms of so again it's anecdotal people will say since inception it has given 10% 12% but that since inception is just 2 3 years so we it, so we have to wait for a few cycles for us to know how the returns fluctuate and this is not been the case so what i would recommend is young people who are far away from retirement should never touch these uh, rights and invits because they are income distribution kind of products and you don't want your income you want money to grow in an investment you don't want it handed back to you absolutely it, it makes no sense and then you have to pay tax on it and reinvest that again and so on so it's just going to uh, cut into your growth so, but retirees who are well off who are who have enough corpus and who can afford to diversify a little bit can consider this so it will be one source of income which may fluctuate but they don't care if they have other sources uh, it's really going to not make a difference to them so only for them i would say uh, it's suitable so well put you get nothing but the truth here on let's get rich with pattu so to try and sum summarize this entire two episode topic on real estate don't buy it for investment is what we are saying. But 
I know that's a uh, that's a very strong statement to make. For investments, if you're trying to rent it out, we've shown you the math. It doesn't really make sense. REITs, which is another form of investment, perhaps not for people starting out the investment journey. But if it's for a home, then we've given you all the discussion points and make sure it's a holistic decision where you are equally emotional about your retirement as well as acquiring this really emotional topic of having your own home. Um, and that's it on this episode of Let's Get Rich with Patu. We have a number of amazing topics floating around in our minds, such as so far on all these episodes, Patu, it's always been about people getting salaries, which are fixed amounts per month. There is a huge gig economy. There is a huge economy of freelancers who do not have consistent earnings every month. Sometimes they earn really high, sometimes they earn really low. And how does the investing world look for people like that? Uh, another topic is how to deep dive into uh, and analyze a particular stock because, you know, the, I would say 99% of people invest in stocks on hearsay and what other people say, but not really knowing the ground realities of that stock. How do you analyze a stock? How do you deep dive into its balance sheet? How do you make your own decisions and that joy of realizing that you have arrived at this decision on your own and therefore your money is growing would be really rewarding? These are just some topics, but too, we look forward to all our listeners, of course, getting in their questions because we depend on them so much. So one final reminder, keep sending in those questions to Patu on his, uh, on his Facebook as well as YouTube, us on our Instagram, that's Offspin Media Friends, and on our Facebook. And till we see you again next week, Patu, any final words? Um, so look within yourself. That's all I keep saying every time. Personal finance is all about... Uh, not for looking information outside, but look within yourself and find out what your needs are and the answers will show. And not only will the answers show, some questions might arise and that's what Patu is here for. So please see, keep sending in your questions and we'll see you next week on Let's Get Rich with Patu. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye-bye. All right. While we continue thinking about the questions raised in this episode, let's dive into the financial lingo. The first one, Prepayment of a home loan means paying back some of the money you borrowed from the bank before the scheduled time. It helps you reduce your loan faster and save on interest. The second one, shortfall. A shortfall is when you don't have enough of something you need. In finance, it usually means not having enough money to cover expenses or debts. The next one, leave and license agreement. A leave and license agreement is a contract that lets you use someone else's property for a specific time and a certain amount. It also lists the terms and conditions of tenancy. And the last one, REITs or REITs. REITs or Real Estate Investment Trusts are like mutual funds for real estate that you can invest in, generally through a stock exchange. It's like being a mini owner of many properties. That's all. Do you already feel more financially literate? You just heard Let's Get Rich with Pattu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi. And everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly. Harshdeen Nisrani, Krishant Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Pattu his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. 
um, and me, Siddhant, your host. Let's Get Rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts. So spread the word and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Spattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. 